you know, it's easy for libraries sometimes to take a step back when there are shelters, the Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, a lot of groups that are working in this arena. We're working in this arena too, and a majority of libraries in cities, they probably see more members of this community on a daily basis than any of the social service providers. Welcome to FYI, the Public Libraries Podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association. This episode is brought to you by Unique Management Services. Unique is the worldwide leader in material recovery for libraries with a proven track record of professional and effective communication with library patrons. Unique also offers inbound phone and live chat coverage for public libraries. Are incoming phone calls creating an operational and customer service challenge for your library? Are the communication options on your website inconvenient for online patrons and limited to library hours? Unique solves these problems with phone and chat coverage that make virtual services snap for patrons. From renewing items to downloading ebooks to reserving meeting rooms, Unique offers flexible service formats to keep patrons engaged and active and give library staff more time for in house patrons and key job tasks. Unique patron service solutions. Virtual service solved. Visit librarycalls.com to learn more and schedule your free demo. That's librarycalls.com. According to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's 2016 Annual Homeless Assessment Report, on a single night in January 2016, 549,928 people were experiencing homelessness in the United States. This population includes men, women, children, and families. They face a wide range of challenges, including lack of affordable housing, employment opportunities, health care, and other needed services. As many public librarians know, with no safety net to speak of, homeless citizens often turn to the library for help. Today we'll discuss the issue with our guest, John Spears, director of the Pikes Peak Library District in Colorado. Welcome, John. Thank you. To start, why don't you tell us a little bit about your library background? Well, I've been here at the Pikes Peak Library District for two years as the um, chief librarian and CEO. And then before that, I was the executive director of the Salt Lake City Public Library in Utah for two and a half years. And then I've had uh, stints in both Naperville and Joliet, Illinois as director. And then before that, I worked in some libraries in Illinois and Missouri. I've been a business librarian, reference librarian, a branch manager, a branch supervisor, a coordinator of adult programming When you were at Salt Lake, you worked on expanding initiatives to provide services to homeless patrons, including an idea to keep the library open 24 hours. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you did to tackle the issue? One of the major initiatives that we had, we actually partnered with a local organization called Volunteers of America. They had what they called street engagement teams, street outreach teams. And these were groups of, you know, two or three caseworkers that would get to know Uh, the homeless population, um, talk to them about some of the services that were available, offer some direct services when they could. And my predecessor there realized that, you know, the library, um, on any given day in Salt Lake City, the main library could have, you know, 400 to 800 people using the facility that were homeless. She saw a, a real opportunity to do outreach, and so she partnered with the county and applied for some grant funding and was able to bring one of those street engagement teams into the library. So they actually did the same stuff that they'd been doing in the broader community, but did it within the library itself. And that was kind of a game changer in terms of services that were provided. We did a a recurring mini-conference, Project Uplift, 
And it was a day-long event. We brought in the service providers. We did specific programming, did a breakfast and a lunch for them as well. Everything up to giving out swag bags, haircuts, uh, pictures, but then also a way to show that the library could be a really welcoming place. That made a difference not just for the people who are experiencing homelessness, but also for people who are not experiencing homelessness. Kind of saw them in a different light once they realized that they were there for the same reasons. Uh When it came to the idea of keeping the library open 24 hours, that was a very interesting process. We were approached by a few members of the community that were interested in looking at if we could leave a portion of the library open overnight specifically for homeless teens. And when we looked at it, we realized that there would be a lot of issues that could come up with that, things such as parental notification. We would officially be a sheltering facility, and there'd be a lot that would come along with that. And as we examined the issue, we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, if we left the library open 24 hours, we would address all of those concerns. And then we would also be able to make the library available to a a huge swath of patrons that couldn't use the library between our regular hours of 9 to 9, whether those were shift workers, families, students. It seemed like it was kind of a a win-win all the way around. So what happened? Did it? it? It never happened. Okay. We studied the issue. We put together a community task force to look at it. We really involved the community um, in the discussion. It was not a terribly popular idea. It was framed very quickly by the press as uh, the library is going to become a homeless shelter, and it took a lot of effort on our part to not necessarily run from that, but at the same time talk about the benefits that this would have for the, for the entire community. It was a bit of a game changer in terms of how people thought of the library. Although it never happened, um, and it was a tremendous amount of work that went into studying it, it's a process that I would definitely go through mm-hmm. again, even if I knew that it wasn't going to happen, because just the effect it had in the public sphere in terms of how they conceptualized what a library could be to a community drastically expanded once they realized, you know, this is an important community resource. It is something that might be worth having available 24 hours a day. What did you learn from this experience? When we worked with the University of Utah to actually commission a public survey on what people's thoughts and impressions were of leaving the library open 24 hours, when we got the results of that survey, parts of it were rather troubling in terms of how people thought of the of the homeless community. People from the University of Utah that reviewed the results, especially the areas where people were allowed to leave free comments, they said that they've never seen so much vitriol towards a community before. It was pretty amazing what people are willing to say about the homeless. And this is something that I think every public library deals with, especially, you know, urban libraries that, that have a large homeless community is that that tension sometimes that exists within our facilities when we are trying to provide services to them. With some of the other services that we provided, we really saw kind of a change in people's perceptions too. I mentioned earlier was our project Uplift, and that was something that we were a little fearful before we did it for the first time because it was pretty normal that we'd get a couple complaints a day <laughs> about the about the homeless in the library. And so we were kind of bracing ourselves for what's the public reaction going to be when we are very actively inviting them in. It was wonderful because that day we saw a real switch in terms of how the public perceived the issue. It went from why are they here to they're here for the same reasons that we are. We didn't get any complaints that day. A lot of people thought it was a really wonderful event 
that the library was trying to actively provide services to people who desperately needed them. Have you heard about that new film, The Public? I've had quite a few people talk to me because it is something kind of similar to what right. we looked at doing in, in Utah with 24-7. We're even looking here at Pikes Peak about possibly renting a theater and doing a staff viewing. If you look at public libraries online, you wrote a review of it so you can read that. Almost every public library in the country, whether it's urban, rural, suburban, people experiencing homelessness are everywhere in this country. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting, I think, as this movie gets released to see what kind of discussions it might start. Like who ultimately is responsible for these people? It's at the library's doorstep, but is it the library's responsibility? There's no question that there's a lot of holes in the safety net. And a lot of libraries are the de facto day shelters in their communities. The question would be, okay, how do we provide services to them? That is the question that libraries are, are really asking themselves and have been for quite a while. But instead of seeing it as kind of a, a nuisance, I, I think that libraries are really moving into that realm of seeing the homeless as they're just one more constituency to be served. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty big opportunity for us to step up. And even if we are doing it only because they're not getting the services that they should be getting elsewhere. What is the situation with the homeless in Pikes Peak? Is it similar or? We cover about 2,030 square miles and we serve around 650,000 people, you've got one giant core city or a big core city of half a million that's Colorado Springs. But then we've got the suburbs of Colorado Springs. We have a, a sizable amount of uh, rural farmland, especially in our downtown library, the Penrose Library. Um, it, it's very similar to what it was in Salt Lake City. We do our best to provide the same types of services here that, uh, you know, that, that were provided when I was in Salt Lake City. We're looking to hire our own social worker. That's something that's in the budget for this year and that we're in the process of working towards. All this talk about what's, how do we solve the issue of homelessness? What do we do about the homeless? Well, but there's one really easy answer, and it's, it's homes. Yeah. Most service providers have moved to what's called a housing first model. It used to be the kind of standard that we need to get people clean or sober and all of these other issues handled before we find them a home. There's been a real shift in that to, um, you know, early intervention when someone becomes homeless to getting them back into a home as quickly as possible. There's a lot of names that goes by. One of the most common is rapid rehousing. The thought is that if we get people in a home, it's going to enable them to take care of a lot of the underlying issues that have caused them to be homeless to begin with. Right now, we welcome this population into the library and try to offer services that they need. But what can libraries do as far as the lack of housing? 20 years ago, if you asked people in libraries, are you a social service, they would have just run screaming from that mm -hmm. and said, no, we're, we're an information resource. Right. Now that you're seeing more libraries, realize that those two things actually can be very linked. Social justice causes, whether it is what has been traditionally thought of as social services, information is one of the most important things that people can get in those arenas. So what I would say when it comes to housing itself, the staff of the library should become involved in the efforts that are going on in the community. You can bring the social service providers into your building. We hosted a series of community conversations, and one of the first ones that we actually did was on the subject of homelessness, where we tried to bring people with divergent views together so that they could actually have a, a moderated, calm discussion. Mm, of, how did that go? It actually went fairly well. And here at Pikes Peak, you know, we, we do bring in uh, community groups to have such meetings, 
But, you know, you can also bring in um, DHS, you know, your Department of Human Services, your local health department, local workforce division. Bring them into the library so that they can work with the people directly who need their services most. It's easy for libraries sometimes to take a step back when there are shelters, the Salvation Army, Catholic Charities, a lot of groups that are working in this arena. We're working in this arena, too, and a majority of libraries in cities, they probably see more members of this community on a daily basis than any of the social service providers. What's the best way to alleviate the friction between the uh, homeless patrons and, and the others? One of the things that we've done here at Pikes Peak as much as possible is that when we offer programming kind of geared towards people who are experiencing homelessness, there's also a, a sizable number of people who are at risk. And we don't build programs like come here if you're homeless. We build them so that they'll be of interest, but then that there'd be kind of that cross-community attendance at it. One thing we've done with that is we've moved a lot of our programs out of the meeting rooms and into the library itself so that people who might be homeless uh, will just be kind of working side by side with someone who isn't, whether it's a craft, whether it's a poetry slam, whether it's anything like that. There's no magic bullet you can do here. I think it's easy for librarians to get kind of their, their backs up when people complain about this. And you've got to be careful with that because you want to definitely be respectful of all of the different views in the community. Substitute the word black for homeless or the word gay or the word female or the word you know, any of those words, and suddenly it, it takes on a very different meaning. That's not something you want to say to everyone, but trying to engender that attitude that everyone is here for the same reason. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to think about it. The other thing is, look at the rules that you've got. A lot of the rules that libraries have are ones that you don't really need. Look at your food policies. Look at your sleeping policies. Look at a lot of the policies that you have in light of what everyone's situation might be, and suddenly you realize that some of the policies that you have, maybe you don't necessarily need. And that can make it a more welcoming environment to everyone. Now, you know, one of the hardest things to deal with is when when people complain about about the smell. I'll be honest, that's a a very hard one um, to, to work with. And what we try to do here is, you know, our staff is very aware that, for instance, right down the street is Ecumenical Social Ministries. They have, um, uh, both uh, laundry facilities and shower facilities. So you, you don't necessarily want to force people into that, but at the same time, make sure that the staff is aware of what the resources are that might be able to address some of the issues that people are facing. For libraries that are trying to put together a way to provide the best possible service to this population, what are some essential partnerships they should be looking into? One of the best partnerships is actually with the homeless community itself. You can ask them what they need. A lot of times what you'll find is what a lot of people who are experiencing homelessness want is a feeling of normalcy. And that is one of the reasons they go to libraries. When you're homeless, your entire day is spent in lines whether it's a line at the shelter, whether it's a line at a soup kitchen, whether it's a, a line getting an idea, you know, everything is you have to wait in a line that is kind of a constant reminder. If you're waiting in a line for a computer or waiting in a line to check out books, you're waiting in the exact same line that everyone else is. So I think one of the key things that every library can do is just recognize that when people are there, 
they don't necessarily want to be treated better or worse or anything else. They just want to be treated the same. Find out what types of services are already offered in your community. If there is a shelter, if there are adult education opportunities, if there's child care, if there are where, where the local soup kitchens are, what is the health clinic situation in your community? What types of services do they provide? Do they provide dental services? Will they issue prescriptions? Get the staff aware of what those services are so that when people come in, you have those answers re readily available. Because sometimes people won't necessarily proffer what it is that they need, but just like any good reference interview, you can work towards finding out what is this person needing now. And if we can't provide it, what's a good community resource to do it? And then the final thing I'd say in terms of what any library could do, spend a day at some of the social service agencies, see what it's like, learn what the services are, and it really does develop a lot of a lot of empathy as well as an understanding of what services are provided so they can better provide that information to the public. It's a national problem. What can libraries do to advocate for this population? About 550,000 people are experiencing homelessness. <laughs> That number actually comes from something that's called the point-in-time count. The general consensus is that that probably captures about a third of the homeless population. So the real number is probably close to about 1.5 million. I think one of the most important things libraries can do in terms of an advocacy role, get a seat at the table for the discussions that are happening, take a seat as a social service provider because a library is one. But most importantly, and, and this is something that can be done in a way that does not necessarily seem like the library is specifically advocating for it, but will have an incredible effect, educate the public. That's our role. Inform the public about what's happening in their own community. Bring in the social service providers. Educating the public in terms of what it is, because there's so many myths around homelessness. Educating the public on the true depths of how this issue can affect people's lives and how people first enter the state of being homeless, I think would be one of the most important things. Are there any model library programs that you could point to? Um, if you want to look to some incredible programs, um, Dallas Public has done some absolutely amazing work. They do the podcast, they do artwork, they do something that, that we do here at Pikes Peak as well, which is kind of a, an early morning coffee where people get to come in and, and, and interact with each other in a very neutral setting. It gives the staff an opportunity to get to know the patrons. It gives them an opportunity to just have a, a discussion separate from kind of a standard reference interview where you might be able to glean a little bit more in terms of what a specific person's needs might be or some of the community, community agencies you might be able to connect them with. I know Sacramento, Los Angeles, San Francisco, pretty much any large urban library you can look to to see um, some of what, what has been done. Well, you've given us a lot to think about. Did you have any final thoughts you wanted to share with our listeners? It can seem very daunting, but it really isn't. It, it's just using the same tools that you use to serve any special population. Identify what their needs are, identify what their barriers are, find out what it is that makes them unique in terms of the services they might be able to use or that they might need, and then try to meet those needs, whether it's through something that you can provide or linkages to other parts of the community. Being homeless is a temporary experience that someone is going through. It shouldn't be a defining characteristic of how they interact with the library. And make sure that your staff understands that, understands what their needs are, 
and does everything that they can to meet them just like they would any other group. Some great information from our guest today, John Spears, director of the Pikes Peak Library District in Colorado. Thank you, John, for sharing all of this great experience, expertise, insights, information, everything. Visit www.pla.org to get more information. Thank you very much. Thanks again to our sponsor, Unique Management Services, offering inbound phone and chat coverage to help libraries deliver outstanding virtual service to patrons. Unique Patron Service Solutions, virtual service solved. Visit librarycalls.com to learn more and schedule your free demo. That's librarycalls.com.